and welcome to the latest episode of Media Plus with me, Charlotte Henry. It's a new podcast from the Mac Observer in which we look at Apple in the world of digital media and the industry more broadly. Every week I have a wonderful guest. Unfortunately, I couldn't find one for this week, so we had to make do. <laughs> Jeff Gamet, how are you? Welcome back to TMO Towers. Charlotte, it is so awesome to see you, and uh, you are absolutely the best. And oh, that, I've missed you, Jeff. So, people, regular TMO listeners will know that Jeff used to write for, for for the Mac Observer. He used to host the Daily Observations podcast. He's done all sorts of other interesting things in his career. But I thought I would drag him back. We can't ever let him escape. You never really leave the TMO family, as I understand it. So we keep gra- uh, had to grab Jeff back. And I'm very delighted he could join me today for Media Plus. And, and I really am happy to be here, even though I am just a fallback. No, I, I get it. Never. I get it. Never. No, listen, I'm assured... Well, actually, this is, as I was explaining to you off air, actually, this is slightly John Marcellaro's fault because he revealed on this show in a previous episode that actually um, you and he had often talked about doing a, a TDO after dark, a daily observation mm-hmm. after dark to talk about TV and things. So I thought, you know what? It's his fault now. He's, he's talked himself into it. He's coming on the show. And here you are. And here I am. So, yes, let's blame John. Sure. Uh, and we have a lot to discuss because there's many things happening in the world of digital media. And we want to start, as we really should, with Wonder Woman. I mean, where else is there to start? I, I agree. So, as we know, on Christmas Day, Wonder Woman 1984 is going to appear on HBO Max mm-hmm. and also in whatever cinemas are open and are accessible by people depending on the situation where they live. Now, there was an interesting piece in the Washington Post, and it's a discussion that lots of us have been having anyway, about what what COVID-19 and people not being able to access cinemas means for the movie industry. Now, the, the big example everyone's used is the, the ongoing delays of the latest Bond movie. Mm-hmm. But the, this, uh, the Wonder Woman movie was a really good example as well of things that kind of keep getting delayed that people do want to see but are getting delayed. Um, and, you know, they've just gone, I mean, Warner Brothers has gone, you know what, we have a streaming service. We have a movie. Here we go. Here's the answer. And for me, it makes sense. Uh, I confess I'm not a massive moviegoer anyway. It's my, I would say, my main cultural weakness. I don't really do movies. I love TV. I love box sets. I love books. I love live theatre. Oh, remember that? Um, oh, I miss live theatre. <laughs> stand up, you know, live music, all those things. But movies, basically, this is just between us, Jeff, no one else. I have a, I have a very bad attention span. And so... The idea of like two hour movies doesn't work for for my level of attention span, although there are many fantastic movies I have enjoyed. And I definitely, definitely would have gone to see Wonder Woman. Now, what's your take on this? Are are we never going back to movie theatres? Has Warner Brothers made the right decision with this? What what do you think? Okay, so... The the quick answer to the first question, are we ever going back to the movie theaters? Yes, of course we are. Um, and then the second question, oh, short attention span. What was the second question? The second question is... Uh, Warner good. Brothers. Yeah, Warner Brothers. Have they made the right decision? Are they? Do you think this was really the only thing they could do? 
That's kind of my take. I, I don't see how you can have a vi- high value piece of content just sitting in your vault, particularly when abs- you own the means of distribution. Yeah, they absolutely made the right decision. And I will even go so far as to say their follow-up where they said, oh, and by the way, everything else we have planned for 2021, we're doing the uh, the non-exclusive thing where it'll launch on HBO Max the same day it goes into theaters. Totally the right move. And uh, and they learned their lesson because they they released Tenet in the theaters and uh, – and it probably would have been a a big revenue generator for Warner if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic with theater shut down or limited capacity and people being concerned about being in, in closed spaces. Uh, but it didn't generate nearly the revenue that they were hoping for. And it so, didn't really generate the buzz in the same way that it definitely no. would have. No, it didn't. Uh, it, yeah, it was a movie that came and uh, and went, and uh, and that's actually really unfortunate because it's a movie that should have been, uh, re- you know, really uh, the the media focus for right. at least a few weeks. It w- and it would have, yeah. I mean, it might still win, uh, would almost certainly win awards, and you know, get the critical acclaim. But you, it never made the big bang impact that it can, and that something like a new Wonder Woman movie inevitably will. Now, here's my question. This is because from where I'm living, we don't have HBO Max in the UK. Now, will there be mm-hmm. another means of distribution to non-US countries or places where they territories where there is no HBO Max? Assume so. I assume so, and uh, and and I assume that that by the time December twenty fifth rolls around, we will have had an announcement from HBO about uh, about being able to see Wonder Woman and their other upcoming movies via streaming on same day as theatrical launch. Yeah. It would make sense. I mean, there is ways that we have ways in the UK of getting HBO content. Um, it, it often goes on Sky Atlantic here, but it's it's a, it's another complicating factor. And right. interestingly, it's a it's a complicating factor. Apple does not have when it does these things. Apple TV Plus is Apple TV Plus, and it's the same basically in whatever country you have it. Uh, and I've highlighted on different occasions why this is such an advantage. And I think this is a perfect example. Look at what happened with Greyhound. Everyone got it on the same day, mm-hmm. could sit and watch it. It was a huge success. Um, it, you know, it was one of the biggest opening weekends, I think, if not the biggest opening weekend for uh, Apple, for Apple TV Plus when Greyhound first arrived. It was a huge hit. People talked about it. It did generate some buzz. And everyone in the world could see it at the same time if you wanted to access it on, on TV+. And I wonder, I think you're right that HBO or Warner Brothers more broadly will get their ducks in a row about how it's going to work around the world. But it's an extra consideration and it's one that Apple actually doesn't have to make, which is, I think, interesting. That That's true. It, uh, yeah, Apple is in the in that position where it's just Apple and uh, and, and they control their own distribution rights. And now, excuse me, when you look at um, Greyhound... That, that was the point of it, doing all originals. That was the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It, you know, we're only making originals. It's our own shows. 
there was a slight, you know, they've deviated slightly for peanuts, but if you can't make exceptions for Charlie Brown, who can you make exceptions for? Exactly. And, but basically, as I say, Apple TV Plus is Apple TV Plus the whole way around. But, and it takes away these kind of complicating factors, doesn't it? It does. And and it also shows to me that Apple is uh, is thinking ahead when they're working out deals. And uh, you mentioned Greyhound. That's a perfect example. Greyhound is a uh, Sony movie. And it was originally going to be just a theatrical release. Yeah, it was meant to go to cinemas. And and then we ended up in the middle of a pandemic, and we had theaters shut down uh, in the United States. Regal Cinemas actually went out of business because of this, and w- so we had a scenario where where um, we had a big budget Tom Hanks movie that was going to tank. I mean, that's it because yeah. there just wasn't going to be a way to to get people to see it. And Sony and Apple worked out a deal, but because Greyhound was watchable on day one everywhere where uh, where you can get Apple TV Plus, well, Apple is working out the, the licensing for all regions. Yeah. That's really smart. It is really smart. It's very, I mean, we always laugh at the kind of control freakery of Apple, but this is one of the occasions where it works. There's no discussion about where it will be available, how it will be available. We've got this thing that we own the things that you can watch it on. Here you go. Um, It does take us to a broader question, though, and this has made me giggle. If you remember back when... uh, when Greyhound first appeared on TV Plus, Tom Hanks didn't seem that enthusiastic originally that it was going on a streaming service. He told The Guardian's Hadley Freeman that it was an absolute heartbreak that it wasn't going to cinemas. So that's a quote. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he made a joke about the cruel whipmasters at Apple um, because they made it like he was in a very plain room. So he joked that that was kind of Apple's fault putting him in a kind of blank prison cell. And he he raised concerns about, um, I think, about TV, you know, video and sound quality on a streaming system because, you know, what a film looks like on my system is going to look different to yours and whatever mm-hmm. else. It's going to, if you're watching Greyhound on an iPad, it's going to look very different to watching it on a giant TV with a Dolby Atmos soundbar or whatever. In, do you know what I mean? It's all going to look yes. different. And he was a bit concerned about that. He did walk that back. Funnily enough, someone had a word. And on the Today Show, I think basically the next day or the you know, 24, 48 hours after that interview came out, he said Apple had provided a magnificent gift. Um, and so he kind of, Apple is a benevolent streaming service in every way, he said in the end. So he... Uh, Yes, someone sorted that out quite quickly. But, yes, they did. Uh, which was, it was an interesting bit of PR to watch happening in real time. But that, that's not to say that in sort of times when cinemas are open, which, as you say, they will be again, and, you know, hopefully relatively soon, um, that doesn't mean to say watching big budget movies on TV. Tom Hanks is not the first movie person to raise this issue, is he? No, he's not. Now, I I totally get why he uh he had his uh 
less than than appealing PR statement about the movie going to, to Apple. Uh, when when someone like Tom Hanks makes a movie, I mean, he is deeply involved in the whole process because he is Tom Hanks. Yeah, I mean, and, and he certainly was in Greyhound. He was like an exec producer on Greyhound. It was, right. it was a bit of a personal project for him as well. Right. Yes, and so he's creating this this movie where where it's not just an entertainment piece; it's an art piece, and and he's expecting that people are going to get to see this piece of art the way he intended it to be presented, mm. which is on a big screen, uh, with with the whole movie theater experience. Losing out the on that. Person eating popcorn behind you, the coughing, the person reading text messages in the with the lights on. Yeah, yeah, the whole yeah, experience. good times. Yeah, <laughs> and but, and that wasn't going to happen. So no. of course that was disappointing. And my guess is that no one thought they needed to tell Tom, "Don't bag on the process because the movie's getting out there." No. And uh, and afterwards, after that interview, someone was like, "Tom." We love you. You're the nicest guy on the planet, but yeah, l- let's be nice to Apple, right? And uh, and and Sony striking a deal with Apple was really smart because we have this really good movie that did you is enjoy going it? To... I did. Um, uh, it, it was a movie that grew on me when I watched. When I watched it, I was like, okay, that was entertaining, um, and then. It, it it started to grow on me and uh and and part of that actually came from uh being on Mac OS Ken and Ken Ray and I talking about uh, about the movie and uh, and sharing our opinions and and no spoilers but there's a point in the movie where it doesn't follow what a traditional uh war movie action mm. adventure movie would would do and and my first thought was, well, so this didn't happen. This thing didn't happen that I expected. And I feel kind of let down. Then I realized, wait a second. That's it. Yeah. That in the real world, this is how this would actually play out. Plus and, also Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks. And Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, is, is, I think... I think what we've seen a lot over the last few months and we, we, you know, I try and make this show and we try and do it with other Mac Observer shows, a bit of escapism from what we're all living through at the moment. But this is an example where the two things collide. And I think in a lot of ways, what it has done is exacerbated, as is the case in so many industries, this has exacerbated what was happening anyway. People were watching more and more movies at home instead of paying I mean, I don't know how much movies cost in America. You know, you could spend 15, 20 pounds, depending where you're going in the UK, um, to to watch a film. And actually they're like, well, I've got a good TV now. I can watch it at my own convenience with the food I want, pause when I want and go to the bathroom. Like, mm-hmm. people had been moving in that direction already. And as with so much, um, the COVID-19 pandemic has exacerbated what was happening, um, which is why I say people had already been having the, making the kind of comments and having the kind of conversations Tom Hanks had been made and had, had been having. So more broadly, surely 
the genie's out of the bottle now, isn't it? We're going to see more big budget movies coming to more streaming services, even when movies and theatres are open. I mean, that surely is what's going to happen. Uh, yes, I agree completely. I mean, Disney has already done that. Right. The, and now when, Warner... When you've got Disney and Warner Brothers owning the means of distribution, never mind Apple buying movies itself, that mm-hmm. is surely the, the direction of travel, isn't it? Absolutely. Okay, so I remember long ago, this dates me, the the uh, Michael Keaton Batman movie came out. And it was a revolutionary movie on many levels. But the the big thing that most people forget about is that the the big controversy around the movie was that it was released, <clears throat> excuse me, on VHS. On what? Yeah, on I know. What? I know. Old. Um, on, so it was released on VHS while a uh, videotape while it was still. Did in you the watch theaters. it on Betamax, Jeff? No, <laughs> I did not get a Betamax. I had a friend that had a Betamax. It's. I, I remember watching Blues Brothers on Betamax, and halfway through the movie, you had to take the tape out and put another one in. You know that that was an awesome movie. Uh, watching experience. Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> but anyhow, the Batman movie changed how uh, how movie distribution worked, and now we're in a new phase. And so now we'll call it the Wonder Woman movie. It's a superhero movie both times. Listen, superhero superhero yeah. movies always here to change things. Yeah, so that's what superheroes do. Th- that's what they do. Yeah. So now we have a new world where we will have our simultaneous distribution on streaming and in theaters and the and movie theaters will, will carry on the the whole genie coming out of the bottle. It yeah, the pandemic made it happen, but it just made it happen sooner than it was going to. I think yeah, I, I totally agree. And we already had seen like the gap between release and dvd release and streaming service available like that that had already started to shrink or the point you could rent it on a streaming service even you know all those time gaps had really reduced and so right yeah Yeah, and we even saw some deals where you could watch it exclusive but on streaming a week or so before it showed up in the theaters yeah and also there's been cases things like the irishman is the obvious example isn't it whereby just the sheer cost of the movie required a streaming service to put up some of the cash. Yes. Yeah. And uh, the- theaters, they, I mean, they, they carry a heavy load when it comes to funding movies. But when you buy a movie ticket, the movie ticket isn't generating revenue for the theater. It's generating the revenue that goes back to the uh, to the to the studios. Sure, it's it's all the concessions you buy that support a theater. It's it's why popcorn and soda pop and candy and well and now alcohol cost so much at a theater. It's because that's what what's paying for the space. I tell you what, I, having started this conversation saying I'm not a big movie person, I don't have the attention span. I really feel like going to the cinema now. I'm going to buy some popcorn and put up, turn on a movie. I really fancy it now. Um, there's one thing that we haven't 
thankfully for for me in this show, been had a reduction of during the last few months is podcasts. Mm-hmm. They've become kind of a big deal, Jeff. We, I mean, did you were you into podcasts? Did, what do you know about podcasting, Jeff? Huh? Huh? Um, I, podcast. Right. I think I've heard this word before. Yeah. Um, Charlotte, but, I've been podcasting so long that the that the first show that I, that I did, I had to hand code the RSS feed every time a new episode came oh out. My days. I know. Oh, Jeff Gamet. Oh, Jeff Gamet. But and now we have big kind of almost in the studio model that we were talking about to making podcasts people are building businesses that create original podcasts and shows in the way they create tv shows and movies and one of the biggest independent ones is wondery and on a previous episode of this show with tom merritt we discussed the fact that apple might be buying wondery and we thought it made you know it kind of made sense it's a thing you know apple does a lot of audio it's kind of is very heavily associated, rightly or wrongly, with podcasting. And so we we kind of thought, yeah, makes sense. I can see it putting some money into that. It's not that big a deal for Apple. But it turns out it's going to be, it looks like Amazon is going to sweep in and buy Wondery. Mm-hmm. To me, I mean, we're talking $300 million, apparently, in these exclusive talks. So... Again, pretty, you know, a lot of money for us mortals, but pretty small change for Amazon. Um, and apparent, and it's also worth noting this is kind of triple what the last funding round uh, for Wondery in June 2019 was, which was 100 million. So it's shot up in value. Amazon obviously fancies a little go at this. To me, it's again, it's a deal that makes sense. Apple, uh, sorry, Amazon already has Stitcher, doesn't it? And it obviously has Audible. Mm-hmm. So it's got the devices. It's one of those that sort of seems like a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer for Amazon. It seemed like a good fit for Apple. Uh, but at the same time, where where Apple is right now, do they need to have their own podcast network? Well, there is an increasing move in Apple to make its own content. We obviously have Apple Music One, the radio stations, mm-hmm. um, and things like John Stewart coming to Apple TV Plus. Is we assume he's going to have an offshoot podcast. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be more and more things like that. So I, I don't think Apple particularly needs Wondery to make those kind of shows, but it's definitely moving in the world of making its own audio content when you brought up john stewart you you nailed what uh the reason why i don't think apple needs wondery at least right now okay so to to flesh out that nail wow talk about mangling metaphors um when you have a when you have a show so in this case we'll say whatever john stewart is doing you're already producing the content. So you've got the show. Now you just have the production team take the content and uh, and and then do whatever edits are necessary to distribute it on a, uh, or as a podcast. Yeah, although I think this will be extra stuff and kind of behind the scenes and sure. extra bits. Yeah, and, and so then Apple can just release this show mm. as uh, as an uh, – 
uh, a podcast or as uh, as an Apple TV Plus exclusive uh content thing yeah which which on one hand it would technically be a podcast but since it's just through apple's own network it might not be distributed the same way a podcast is yeah. i think they're going to use it as an advert actually i think when they make associate audio content associated with tv stuff i think it will be as an advert you can listen to the podcast for free but the show is only on apple tv plus that you need a subscription for that's my guess that seems reasonable um but so i so i get your point that you know you're making the shows already you don't also need to make cereal Right. And, and you, yes, you already have a, a production team working on the content. You don't need a second production team uh, or, or a separate production team working on uh, on the podcast content that comes out of that. You, so, you've got a team that they're just they're working on the video, the audio and, and the different platforms it's going to go out on and, and they just make the content. So to you, does it make more sense for Amazon to be picking up Wondery then? Absolutely. It does. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And I mean, I guess this is we're operating in a world where Amazon has to compete with Joe Rogan on Spotify and Spotify buying a lot more. The Ringer as well, that's on Spotify, isn't it? That's an exclusive to Spotify, I think. Um, so Spotify have really doubled down on getting exclusive content. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Amazon obviously is trying to get involved in that as well. Yes. Apple at the moment doesn't seem to be playing that game in in terms of you requiring a subscription at least. It slightly surprises me but as I say I think it's going to use audio content as uh, as an advert. I I I think that's a totally reasonable assumption. And uh, and I think at some point as this part of Apple's business grows and evolves, they may decide they need to acquire a company that has the talent that that a Wondery has. Right. Yeah, to produce the kind of really in-depth originals. Because, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's one thing to make a spin-off show from a thing you already own to create what is essentially radio original originals, mm-hmm. the, the kind that Wondery does, you know, true crime, those kind of things. That that is a different game completely, and that does need it needs a different type of professional and seasoned people in there. In the same way, Apple had to bring in the uh, Zach Van Amberg and Jamie Ehrlich and these people to do the TV stuff. You need the t- proper pe- people who know that industry. Right. You need the people to do it, and the easiest way for Apple to do that may be buying a company, but it doesn't look like it's going to be Wondery. Nope. And, you know, and what Apple may do instead of buying a company, they may hire people that mm. have run these types of companies. Sure. Yeah, I can definitely see that happening as well. And we will, of course, discuss it over here on this show on Media Plus when when it happens, if and when it happens. Uh, you can now subscribe to Media Plus over in, in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, as well as them being available on the macobserver.com. 
you may also find that by the time you listen to this, we've put the video up on YouTube. I managed to get Jeff to put some makeup on and make himself look pretty so we could do this in video. We might distribute those over YouTube, so do check that out. Um, but Jeff, thank you so much for joining me. Where can people keep up with you? Well, first, Charlotte, thanks for having me on. It's It doesn't matter what we talk about. It's just always an absolute dream to get to, to talk with you. We do have fun hanging out, and I can't wait for you to come back to London soon. I had so much seems, fun hanging out with you in London. It seems a while ago, but anyway. It, it was. It, well, now it was a while ago. It was in the yeah. before time. Um, so people can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Jay Gamut on both places. Right now, I'm I'm as always, making the rounds on podcasts. So uh, uh, like I said earlier, I've recently been on Mac OS Ken. I've uh, did a Mac Voices holiday gift guide. Yes, so Chuck Joyner's show. And uh, go check that one out because uh, uh, Josh Centers from Tidbits and I were the guests. And it's an unconventional holiday gift guide. Oh, um, no. <laughs> Um, the Big Show and the Mac Show on British Tech Network. Yeah, I I, uh, I I think I'm the token American, and I'm okay with that because they're absolutely awesome people. And uh, uh, I just recently did an episode of This Week in iOS, and I know I'm forgetting at least one show I've done recently uh, because that's how it goes. Anyhow, I get around. He, he does, and you should also follow him, particularly this month, on Instagram to get to see what's in the Lego Advent calendar every day. I'm at, I'm Charlotte Henry. You can find me, of course, at themacobserver.com and at Charlotte A. Henry on the Twitters. But please do subscribe to the show, share the show, and I'll see you next episode. Mm-hmm.